Chapter Five of the Courage of Marge O'Doone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Courage of Marge O'Doone by James Oliver Curwood. Chapter Five. David held in his hands a photograph, the picture of a girl. He had half-guessed what he would find when he began to unfold the newspaper wrapping and saw the edge of gray cardboard. In the same breath had come his astonishment, a surprise that was almost a shock. The night had been filled with changes for him. Forces which he had not yet begun to comprehend had drawn him into the beginning of a strange adventure. They had purged his thoughts of himself. They had forced upon him other things, other people and a glimpse or two of another sort of life. He had seen tragedy and happiness, a bit of something to laugh at, and he had felt the thrill of it all. A few hours had made him the bewildered and yet passive object of the unexpected, and now as he sat alone on the edge of his bed had come the climax of the unexpected. The girl in the picture was not dead, not merely a lifeless shadow put there by the art of a camera. She was alive. That was his first thought, his first impression. It was as if he had come upon her suddenly, and by his presence had startled her, had made her face him squarely, tensely, a little frightened, and yet defiant, and ready for flight. In that first moment he would not have disbelieved his eyes if she had moved, if she had drawn away from him, and disappeared out of the picture with the swiftness of a bird. For he, someone, had startled her. Someone had frightened her. Someone had made her afraid and yet defiant. Someone had roused in her that bird-like impulse of flight, even as the camera had clicked. He bent closer into the lamp glow and stared. The girl was standing on a flat slab of rock close to the edge of a pool. Behind her was a carpet of white sand, and beyond that a rock-cluttered gorge and the side of a mountain. She was barefooted. Her feet were white against the dark rock. Her arms were bare to the elbows, and shone with that same whiteness. He took these things in one by one, as if it were impossible for the picture to impress itself upon him all at once. She stood leaning a little forward on the rock slab, her dress only a little below her knees, and as she leaned thus, her eyes flashing and her lips parted, the wind had flung a wonderful disarray of curls over her shoulder and breast. He saw the sunlight in them. In the lamp-glow they seemed to move. The throb of her breast seemed to give them life. One hand seemed about to fling them back from her face. Her lips quivered as if about to speak to him. Against the savage background of mountain and gorge she stood out clear-cut as a cameo, slender as a reed, wild, palpitating, beautiful. She was more than a picture. She was life. She was there, with David in his room, as surely as the woman had been with him in that coach. He drew a deep breath and sat back on the edge of his bed. He heard Father Roland getting into his creaky bed in the adjoining room, and then came the missioner's voice. "'Good night, David.' "'Good night, Father.' For a space after that he sat staring blankly at the log of his room, and then he leaned over again and held the photograph a second time in the lamp-glow, 
the first strange spell of the picture was broken and he looked at it more coolly more critically a little disgusted with himself for having allowed his imagination to play a trick on him he turned it over in his hands and on the back of the cardboard mount he saw there had been writing he examined it closely and made out faintly the words firepan creek stickline river august and the date was gone that was all there was no name no word that might give him a clue as to the identity of the mysterious woman in the coach or her relationship to the strange picture she had left in her seat when she disappeared at graham once more his puzzled eyes tried to find some solution to the mystery of this night in the picture of the girl herself and as he looked question after question pounded through his head what had startled her who had frightened her what had brought that hunted look that half defiance into her poise and eyes just as he had seen the strange questing and suppressed fear in the eyes and face of the woman in the coach he made no effort to answer but accepted the visual facts as they came to him she was young the girl in the picture almost a child as he regarded childhood perhaps seventeen or a month or two older he was curiously precise in adding that month or two something in the eyes of the woman in her as she stood on the rock made it occur to him as necessary he saw now that she had been wading in the pool for she had dropped a stocking on the white sand and near it lay an object that was a shoe or a moccasin he could not make out which it was while she had been wading alone that the interruption had come she had turned she had sprung to the flat rock her hands a little clenched her eyes flashing her breast panting under the smother of her hair and it was in this moment as she stood ready to fight or fly that the camera had caught her and now as he scanned this picture as it lived before his eyes a faint smile played over his lips a smile in which there was a little humor and much irony he had been a fool that day twice a fool perhaps three times a fool nothing but folly a diseased conception of things could have made him see tragedy in the face of the woman in the coach or have induced him to follow her sleeplessness a mental exhaustion to which his body had not responded in two days and two nights had dulled his senses and his reason he felt an unpleasant desire to laugh at himself tragedy a woman in distress he shrugged his shoulders and his teeth gleamed in a cold smile at the girl in the picture surely there was no tragedy or mystery in her poise on that rock she had been bathing alone hidden away as she thought someone had crept up had disturbed her and the camera had clicked at the psychological moment of her bird-like poise when she was not yet decided whether to turn in flight or to remain and punish the intruder with her anger it was quite clear to him any girl caught in the same way might have betrayed the same emotions but firepan creek stickine river and she was wild she was a creature of those mountains and that wild gorge wherever they were and beautiful slender as a flower lovelier than david set his lips tight they shut off a quick breath a gasp the sharp surge of a sudden pain swift as his thoughts there had come a transformation in the picture before his eyes 
a drawing of a curtain over it like a golden veil and then she was standing there and the gold had gathered about her in the wonderful mantle of her hair shining disheveled hair a bare white arm thrust upward through its sheen and her face taunting unafraid laughing at him good god could he never kill that memory was it upon him again tonight clutching at his throat stifling his heart grinding him into the agony he could not fight that vision of her his wife that girl on her rock so like a slender flower that woman in her room so like a golden goddess both caught unexpectedly what devil spirit had made him pick up this picture from the woman's seat what his fingers tightened upon the photograph ready to tear it into bits the cardboard ripped an inch and he stopped suddenly his impulse to destroy the girl was looking at him again from out of the picture looking at him with clear wide eyes surprised at his weakness startled by the fierceness of his assault upon her wondering amazed questioning him for the first time he saw what he had missed before that questioning in her eyes it was as if she were on the point of asking him something as if her voice had just come from between her parted lips or were about to come and for him that was it for him his fingers relaxed he smoothed down the torn edge of the cardboard as if it had been a wound in his own flesh after all this inanimate thing was very much like himself it was lost a thing out of place and out of home a wanderer from now on depending largely like himself on the charity of fate almost gently he returned it to its newspaper wrapping deep within him there was a sentiment which made him cherish little things which had belonged to the past a baby's shoe a faded ribbon a withered flower that she had worn on the night they were married and memories memories that he might better have let droop and die something of the spirit was in the touch of his fingers as he placed the photograph on the table he finished undressing quietly before he turned in he placed a hand on his head it was hot and feverish this was not unusual and it did not alarm him quite often of late these hot and feverish spells had come upon him nearly always at night usually they were followed the next day by a terrific headache more and more frequently they had been warning him how nearly down and out he was and he knew what to expect he put out his light and stretched himself between the warm blankets of his bed knowing that he was about to begin again the fight he dreaded the struggle that always came at night with the demon that lived within him the demon that was feeding on his life as a leech feeds on blood the demon that was killing him inch by inch nerves altogether unstrung nerves frayed and broken until they were bleeding worry emptiness of heart and soul a world turned black and all because of her the golden goddess who had laughed at him in her room whose laughter would never die out of his ears he gritted his teeth his hands clenched under his blankets a surge of anger swept through him for an instant it was almost hatred was it possible that she that woman who had been his wife could chain him now enslave his thoughts fill his mind his brain his body after what had happened 
why was it that he could not rise up and laugh and shrug his shoulders and thank god that after all there had been no children why couldn't he do that why why a long time afterward he seemed to be asking that question he seemed to be crying it out aloud over and over again in a strange and mysterious wilderness and at last he seemed to be very near to a girl who was standing on a rock waiting for him a girl who bent toward him like a wonderful flower her arms reaching out her lips parted her eyes shining through the glory of her windswept hair as she listened to his cry of why why he slept it was a deep cool sleep a slumber beside a shadowed pool with the wind whispering gently in strange treetops and water rippling softly in a strange stream. End of chapter 5